Well, welcome everybody. Thanks for uh, watching Inside the Economy with Sharkyaz and Javer. My name is Scott Brooks. Today we're going to talk a little bit about positive but slowing fundamentals in the economy, inflation, gasoline prices, the Federal Reserve, uh, interest rate inversion. That's a topic that's come up in a couple conversations. Does that impact the economy and does it turn into a recession? Where are we in the business cycle? And what are our return expectations for 2019 and beyond? All right, so the first thing I'd like to talk about is the economic report for this week. We haven't seen unemployment numbers drop too far. We've, uh, we're finally down about 3.7, which is a 50-year low. Both the consumer price index, which measures inflation, has actually been slowing down over the last couple quarters. Same thing with the personal consumption index, the PCE. Year over year, it's been slowing down. Uh, we've seen the cost of gasoline and energy prices go down. We've even seen interest rates start to fall. All of those things seem to point to a more robust economy than one that's too worried about falling into recession. So what is the consumer price index and how come that's not been moving very fast? The issue is, what are the components? Most of them haven't really been raising very fast. With some exceptions, we've got energy prices, which have been fairly volatile over the last two decades, healthcare costs, which we've all seen raise at some uh, healthy clip, but even more importantly, we've seen the cost of college tuition go up. Anyone who has a child in or out of college knows how quickly those costs have escalated. They've actually up about 8.5% over the last two decades, where most inflationary uh, prices have, have actually not been nearly so bad. The average inflationary rate's been about 3%. Currently, it rates about 2%. Uh, we even have some things that have negative inflation, uh, things like apparel, shoes and clothes and things have actually gone down over the last 20 years. So what about gasoline prices? What's causing them to be so volatile? Well, obviously they match the price of oil. We've seen the uh, cost of West Texas crude go up and down over the last couple decades. And more recently, we saw it spike up as high as $74 back this October, just a few months back, then dropped precipitously right before Christmas down to about $43 a barrel. Now it's bounced back up into the 50s, up about 8% this last couple, two weeks. And from there, the price of gasoline, you might have noticed, which was down in the high ones, is now uh, right around $2 a gallon all around the Denver area, a little bit higher in California and New York and other places like that. What's caused it to spike up 8% over the last week or so? Well, we've done an embargo with Venezuela. We've already had one on play with Iran. Two of the very largest uh, oil producers in the world, sitting on some of the highest reserves, much greater than most other countries, including Russia and others we always worry about. That plus refineries coming offline for maintenance. Uh, wintertime's the best time to get those fixed up so they'll be ready for the summer driving season. When you've got less supply coming into the system, obviously that's going to knock up the price of anything, especially gasoline. So now let's talk about interest rates. So bond yields uh, have been actually quite good in the United States. The, the yields of the 10-year and the two-year uh, treasury bonds have actually been in the mid to high twos. So with those, a lot of money's been flowing into the United States into our bonds. If we look at other country bonds, such as uh, Switzerland, United Kingdom, uh, France, and others, you'll notice that the yields are quite bad. And in certain places, Japan and Germany, they're even negative. 
So why would people want to buy U.S. bonds? Because, of course, the interest rates are high. The more demand for our bonds uh, and the lower supply, of course, that's going to bring the yields down. Uh, and while they're still uh, quite low in historical standards, as we always say, we're at least the, uh, the least dirty shirt in the laundry basket. So one of the questions we get a lot is, what happens if the yield curve inverts? When the yield curve inverts in which the 10-year actually pays you less than the two-year, it's been seen in years past that that's what's known as an inversion of the yield curve and a recession is soon to follow. Yes, that's true. If we look historically, especially looking at this chart and, and others that are out there, you'll notice that it seems within, gosh, six to 18 months after the yield curve inverts that we generally fall into a recessionary period. But at the same time, there's generally higher unemployment or generally higher interest rates and other things as well. So falling below that zero point where there is an inversion doesn't necessarily preclude we're going to have an immediate recession. However, it is one of the things we like to keep our eyes out for. So not there yet, but we're keeping a close eye on it. What does the Fed look at when it comes to why should we raise interest rates? And if we are going to get higher interest rates, it generally is a reflection of higher wages. As you can see from this chart, we've got two things working here. One is that uh, wage inflation is now approaching 3%. That means that the average individual is getting a 3% raise, or new individuals being hired are being paid 3% more than they were just a few years ago for another new hire. Why is that? Well, if you'll notice the red line, what that shows is the, the confidence levels that we get from taking a poll of all of the small business owners out there who are trying to hire. And one of the biggest issues they're worried about is finding good quality candidates. It's not always that, that simple to say, I can find a good engineer or I can find a good physician or find a good professional to come fill in this space. While they may get plenty of resumes, uh, their biggest concern so far is finding the best quality candidates. And in order to attract them, they may have to bump up the amount of wages that they wish to pay, that creates wage inflation. With wage inflation, the Federal Reserve says, whoa, we need to maybe slow this down with more wages being paid. People will pay more for goods and services. That brings up the basket of goods we call the consumer price index that makes that more expensive. And one of the Fed's jobs is to try to slow down inflation. So if they have that tool in the toolbox to raise rates in order to tell a company, hold on a second, it's going to cost you more to borrow to expand and build your business. Perhaps uh, some of the current debt that you have might be what we call floating rate, means it goes up as interest rates go up. What's more important to you, hiring more people or paying down debt? So one of the tools they have is raising interest rates will help slow down wage inflation because it'll slow down hiring and that sort of thing. So with that, we still feel we're still a bit away from a recessionary environment because I don't believe we're going to see that kind of pressure come on that quickly. So we've got a historical chart here that shows us what's happened in the past. There have been multiple recessions that we can average out. And what we see is sort of a cloud in the middle with an average uh, blue line that kind of tells us exactly where we were and how far we were before we fell into recession based on past recessions. There were those in 1970, 1980, 1990, 2000, uh, the ones we just went through in 2007 and 8. But what we're finding is we're not there yet. As you can see, looking at the red line on this chart, we're about halfway there. Uh, we really need to see a lot more going on before we're worried 
uh, worried about turning the corner and falling um, into more of a recessionary trap. If the Fed continues to raise interest rates as they may, that's going to then cut into consumer spending as well, not just business spending. If they don't spend as much, brings down the economy, brings down the gross domestic product, that's when we normally worry about a recession. A recession is where there's been six months of negative gross domestic product growth. Currently, gross domestic product's been growing about 2%, uh, but that's down from three and even four or five from years before. So if it continues to slow and actually goes negative, then it's possible it might be, might be something that we have to worry about. Where is the United States in the recessionary cycle, what's known as the business cycle? Well, we're kind of entering into the third part of it. Generally, the recessionary period is what we consider the fourth period. Right now, the only country that's there is China. Again, uh, inflationary factors, high unemployment, uh, housing prices are falling. Those are all indicative things that we saw in 2007, 2008, 2009. China's suffering through at the moment. Uh, but we still have a long way to go to get there. And we've got a couple countries in front of us uh, to kind of buffer it along the way. So I think we'll probably see the UK and other countries go into a, a recession before we do. That'll give us plenty of time to prepare, change up our investment strategies, build our portfolios to be a bit more defensive. So not to worry yet. All right, so one other reason that we don't worry so much about a uh, recession coming on is remember that during recessions, you generally have higher unemployment, as you can see from these bar charts. The gray lines kind of show when we had a recession. You can see where we are currently. Unemployment's at 3.7. Generally doesn't precede a recession that soon thereafter. The downside, though, to uh, very low unemployment is generally the stock market historically has not performed nearly as well as it has during periods of high unemployment. So why is that? Well, during recessions and high unemployment period, the stock market is sold off. It's normally cheaper. And for the five to six years following that period, the stock market has outperformed all other periods of pretty much the decade or the 20 years prior. So here's a quick quiz. If the average return of the U.S. stock market has been about 7 and 7.5% 7 over the last 100 years, what are the odds that we're going to have a pretty average 7 to 7.5% return this year? As you can see looking at this slide, the interesting thing is most people say, well, the stock market always averages between 5 and 10%. All the analysts out there from uh, the big bank and brokerage houses always say, oh, this year we'll probably get somewhere between 5 and 10%. But the fact of the matter is we only actually get a 5 to a 10% return or somewhere in between about one out of every 12 years. The other 11, it's somewhere above 10% or somewhere below 5%. So to sum up, um, recession, probably not this year. Probably not next year, maybe in 2021. We'll have to wait and see what the Federal Reserve does, what happens with unemployment, whatever happens with interest rates. But for now, we feel pretty comfortable saying no recession in the near future. We do want to say thank you, though, for paying attention. If you do have any questions or comments that you would like to ask us, you can do so by reaching us at info at shwj.com, and we'll gladly address your questions in the following Inside the Economy next time.